Hello and welcome to Random Walk, a sciencey podcast where we take multiple steps of unit length, each with directions selected independently from the previous steps. I'm your host, Adam Fortas. This week's Random Walk is going to actually take up the whole episode. Uh, we have a very special guest this week. Antonia Kovalovsky is an undergraduate student studying biophysics at Simon Fraser University, which is in Burnaby, British Columbia. This week I talked to her about a summer research project on what's called multivalent diffusive transport, uh, and which was recently published in the Journal of Physical Chemistry B. She'll be presenting this work at the Canadian Undergraduate Physics Conference, which is coming up, I think, in the beginning of November. Uh, but I had a chance to talk to her first, so stay tuned. We'll be back with Antonia in just a sec. Hey guys, it's me, Adam. I know I just introduced myself, but I wanted to tell you, before we got into the content, that this podcast was brought to you by scientificcanada.ca. The goal of Scientific Canada is to get real science to real people, which we're doing by producing entertaining, hopefully, and informative, hopefully, content about research, academia, and, you know, being a curious nerd in general, I suppose. A big part of our thing is uh, trying to find and promote new projects and new voices with a little bit of financial support and expertise. So, if you have an idea for a project, we'd love to hear from you. You can head over to scientificcanada.ca to see some of the shows and articles we've helped with. And if you want to, you know, discuss details, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Fortis or email me at fortisadam at gmail.com. Support for our projects comes from our generous and very, very smart Patreon subscribers. Find out more about how you can help us with our next projects over at patreon.com slash Thanks! Okay. Yeah, so um so I guess let's kind of just jump into it. Uh thanks again for for joining me today. Um special guest today, Antonia Kovalovsky. Antonia, you are a undergraduate researcher at Simon Fraser University. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. And for uh maybe not the the BC crowd, where exactly is Simon Fraser University located? Sure. So SFU, Simon Fraser University, um, we actually have three campuses, but the main campus is in Burnaby, which is about half an hour east of Vancouver. Okay, awesome. And let's see, you are finishing an undergraduate degree there um, in physics or what program are you studying right now? Yeah, I'm in the biophysics program, okay. which is administered through the Department of Physics. Okay. Cool. Um, so what, what got you interested in biophysics in particular? Did you start in sort of a biology strain or a, a physics stream or something like that? And then... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I actually started straight from high school. I joined the biophysics uh, stream immediately. Oh. I just found it, honestly, researching online, researching um, different universities and different programs I thought I might want to go into after high school. Um, I had never heard of biophysics before finding it on SFU's website, um, but I liked that it combines, you know, biology, physics, also some chemistry and some math. And I liked all those things in high school. So I thought it was a good choice. Oh, cool. 
And when you when you started looking into it in high school, did were you drawn to Simon Fraser right away, or did you have other um, like were you looking at, at research labs right from the get go? I wasn't. No, I didn't. I wasn't quite that organized. Um, I was looking at schools overall, and you know, location, um, oh. a bunch of different factors. Cool. Um, are you from the BC area? Or did you have to move for for school? I'm from Victoria, from the island. Oh, perfect. All right. <laughs> nice. Um, right. So you are here today with some uh, some research that you've done um, as part of your... Sorry, I, I asked this and it just slipped my mind. It was a summer summer research program, correct? It was, yeah. Okay. Was this like a, an NSERC funded type thing or... It wasn't technically NSERC funded, but same idea. Okay, cool. And uh, you were working with uh, some names that I recognize. Uh, you're in Dr. Nancy Ford's lab. Right. And uh, working with a McMaster alumni, Chafin. Yes. Uh, so tell me about that. What kind, of, what kind of stuff did you get up to this summer? Uh, sure. So I this was actually work done over... Um, summer of 2020. And so this was when everything was shut down. And so the whole uh, internship was done remotely from Victoria, in fact. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was a a simulation-based project um, where we simulated what we called multivalent diffusive walkers. So these are um, basically random walkers, but they are multivalent walkers, meaning that They're simulated as um, several legs coupled to a central hub. And each of these legs can interact uh, with the the landscape with a a prescribed on binding rate and the prescribed um, detachment rate. And we were looking at how different parameters affected the diffusion of these multivalent walkers. Okay, cool. So uh, I I have a thing for random walks. I, uh, I have another sort of podcasty type project uh, named as such. Um, and so very quickly, the idea of like a random walk, just a, like a bare level zero random walk is, say you start with like a particle and it can go basically any direction randomly and you're just sort of tracking how it goes around. Um, and diffusion in that context. Can you explain that a little bit for, um, we, we kind of know what diffusion is, but is there like a, a technical way that um, differentiates diffusion when you're looking at random walkers versus like stuff in the kitchen or something? <laughs> um, honestly, I would say that's all the same process. Um, something, I think a very quick way to describe diffusion is explaining that its units are area per time. Um, And so it's, yeah, it's a measure of kind of the area explored by a certain, whether it's one of our multivalent walkers Mm -hmm. or um, a a particle of dye in the glass of water in the kitchen. Um, It's all the same process of of exploring a certain area in um, a given amount of time. Okay. So then for a a very general random walk, it, will sort of drift around and you can kind of uh, quantify the the range that you might expect it to be in. Uh, your random walkers, though, you're saying have uh, a couple different legs on them um, with sort of different features. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, um, when you describe them as legs, are they, are we actually imagining like um, 
like a hardcore with extended bits or are you are you speaking sort of metaphorically of like different features attached to the uh the particle you can think of it um as literal legs attached to a central core um, our project, as I mentioned, was simulation-based, and so this was all done numerically. Mm -hmm. um, but similar systems that have been realized in the lab use a variety of different um, polymers for the legs. For example, you can make little legs out of DNA and attach them to a, some sort of bead in the middle. Um, and there are different systems like that. So it really is like a, um, I like to think of it as a, a nanoscale spider because that gives a good visual, I find. Okay, cool. So you were tracking the, basically how these guys moved around um, uh, a simulated area and uh, they could interact with each other based on the properties that you gave them in the simulation and based on what the, the le different legs did. Um, and you, you mentioned some of these, these things that you've added, the, the features you've added to these particles. Can you sort of, um, uh, remind me again what what uh, features you included into this model? Sure. So um, just to clarify, we when we were doing these simulations, each simulation run was a single walker okay. on the infinite two-dimensional track. Um, so these walkers weren't interacting with each other. They were interacting with the substrate track. And so each at the end of each uh, so-called leg of the walker, was a so-called foot, which could um, interact with the substrate tracks, the substrate sites on the track um, with, again, a specified binding rate and a specified unbinding rate. And so these um, binding and unbinding rates were the same for each of the feet. Um, and so we, we varied that a little bit, but always keeping it the same for all the feet. And um, other parameters we varied were the number of legs and also the reach of each leg or the length of each leg. Okay, cool. Um, this is starting to sound like the more you describe it, the more it's starting to sound like um, uh, something more specific that you could actually see in somebody's body or something. This, this is going to be related to drug delivery perhaps in some way or, or mm -hmm. what, what are you hoping to learn about the world through this model? So there are two different ways to go here. On the one hand, we see um, kind of similar systems in biology. For example, influenza, actually, when it's the influenza virus, when it attaches to a cell, it has uh, many different multivalent protrusions which help it bind to the cell. Um, same thing with the E. coli, e. coli bacterium also has these multivalent um, protrusions that aid it when it attaches to a cell. And so these are two biological examples that by studying systems like this, we can hope to understand those dynamics better. Um, on the other hand, on the applied side, um, scientists are trying to uh, engineer these systems in the lab as, as, like you mentioned, drug delivery systems. Interesting. So, so when you're running these simulations, um, what were the kind of output, like what were the, the sort of results that you would expect from a, a specific trial? Were you, you mentioned um, diffusion specifically being like a, 
what kind of range these guys can can travel across. Were there any other features you were looking for, like uh, how long they would stay attached to something, or how often they would grab onto substrate or let go? Or yeah, precisely. We were looking at diffusion and at what we called processivity which is how long the walkers would stay on the track before falling off or having all legs detach at once. The uh, detach from the, the substrate. Exactly. <laughs> I just picturing them firing off their legs. No, no, detach from the track. <laughs> uh, so in the context of, of your first examples with like E. coli or something like this, um, what would the significance of, of sticking to the substrate and the diffusion be like how, how, aggressively it could attack cells or like how virusy it is or or how does how does that sort of translate that's a good question um i'm not totally sure of the okay. answer i would uh say that our our study specifically since we were focused on uh the movement of these things mm -hmm. that in terms of translating that back to biological knowledge it would be um kind of understanding better how once these um, once either influenza or E. coli or whatever it is has attached to a cell surface, how it kind of moves around that surface before maybe finding uh, the site where it's actually going to permanently bind or enter the cell. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's cool. I, I wasn't, um, yeah. Sorry, just thinking about picturing it in my head right now. <laughs> it's like, a, yeah, that's, that's neat. Um, Okay, so then, um, of course, you sort of, being a, a simulation type experiment, uh, you got to modulate a bunch of these different parameters. Um, did you find anything particularly uh, shocking about uh, some of these parameters, like anything counterintuitive? I would imagine, like, if it had a longer leg, maybe it was better at grabbing onto a substrate. Was that the kind of thing that you, you noticed? Yeah, I think our results were relatively intuitive. Um, there were a couple, you know, detailed patterns that we were uh, unclear on on what the reasons for those were. But overall, we did find that the um, the longer the legs, the quicker the um, walker diffused across the landscape, and also the fewer the legs, the quicker it diffused. Oh. So walkers with a small number of long legs would move, um, would explore more of the landscape than walkers with many short legs. Hmm. Do you have a, a sense of why that might be? I'm trying to picture how that would happen. And I, I, I don't really have a good intuitive idea of why fewer legs would be faster to diffuse across. Is that something that uh, is easy to sort of pick apart? Yeah, the way we um, have explained it was that when you have a greater number of legs, the uh, area of possible binding steps for the next step is going to be um, smaller than when you have fewer legs. And this comes from actually just a, a simulation parameter, which is how we define the, um, the possible binding sites for the next step. Okay. And this was a function of the overlap of um, kind of circles around each of the currently bound legs. Okay. And so as more legs are bound, there are more circles. And so the overlap of all those circles 
will in general be smaller than when there are fewer legs bound. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so you had, you had leg length, leg number, um, I'm sort of like a stickiness parameter in there. I would, I would assume that one probably is pretty intuitive, stickier, the more it sticks to the, <laughs> the substrate. Right. The, um, the, the stickier ones tend to, will will stay on for longer. They'll be more processive, mm -hmm. but they, um, won't necessarily move more quickly because each, you know, they take longer to detach and take a new step each time. Right. right. Um, I guess I'll just quickly highlight our, our main result that brought everything together, Okay. Um, which was that we were actually able, from all these simulation results and analyzing them, um, we were able to come up with an analytical expression for the diffusion coefficient of kind of our generalized multivalent system. Mm -hmm. um, and this was a pretty simple expression that just... Um, its only parameters are the binding rate, the unbinding rate, the number of legs, and the length of each leg. And using these four parameters, um, we came up with an expression which described the diffusion of these systems really well. And so that was a cool result and a, a very satisfying end to, to the research. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. So so with these parameters, in, in theory, you could kind of um, take like a real-life whatever bacteria virus thing that's binding unbinding and sort of fill in the uh the variables and then sort of have a good prediction of of what it would do in in real life that's sort of the the usefulness of the uh the model that you came up with mm -hmm. to be honest our system i think isn't quite advanced or intricate enough to to really be a good um, replication or to well describe some of these more complicated biological systems. Um, it's definitely a first step, but we kind of aimed it in the other direction, which was framing this as um, design parameters for labs who are trying to create multivalent walkers in the future. And so these are easily, um, easily modifiable variables, the number of legs, the length, et cetera. Um, for labs who are trying to design these parameters to optimize their diffusion and their processivity. Awesome. Uh, and this, uh, has this result been published yet? Um, have you sort of written up a paper? It's... It has been published. Okay. Cool. So I'll definitely share that link in the show notes. Um, cool. So, so you're presenting this research at the Canadian Undergraduate Physics Conference, right? Correct. Okay. Um, and when is, when is that happening? It's happening right at the start of November. Okay. And I've never gone, but I do know people who have gone in the past and they would generally travel for these. Um, is this going to be in person this year or remote? Mm -hmm. This year, the uh, conference is all being done online. Okay. Have you been to the conference before? Or is this your first time? I haven't. This is my first time. Okay, cool. Well, that's going to be exciting. And you're giving a talk or a poster or how are you presenting? I'm giving a talk. And so I'll, I'll have my slides and give a little oral, oral presentation along with them. Sweet. That'll be fun. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess there's no destination 
no travel involved in this one this this time, unfortunately. But I'm sure in the future you'll have plenty of opportunity to, to travel and, and present. Um, did you work with any other um, students during the uh, the summer project? Did you have sort of a team that you worked with, or was it mostly just between you and a supervisor? Mm-hmm. So this was um, this project specifically was really myself and Chapin Korosek and um, Nancy Ford providing guidance, obviously. Um, so it was really the three of us, of us working on this, um, integrated into the larger Ford lab, but the specific project was the three of us. Cool. And was this your, sort of your first jump into doing um, like a simulation-based uh, project, or did you have experience with that before? It was. It was my first simulation-based um, okay. research. What did you think of it? What, certainly, like, you're going to, you know, with quarantine and everything like that, you're kind of limited to what you could do research-wise during the, the summer. But uh, did, you, did you enjoy the, the type of work? Or are you more somebody who'd like to be in, in the lab actually working with your hands on uh, under a microscope or something like that? That's a good question that I would love to know the answer to. Um, I did enjoy the, the simulation work. I um, So Chapin Korosek wrote the simulations. I was mostly kind of running them on the um, computer and then analyzing all the results. Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy um, that type of research. And I've also enjoyed previous uh, research I've done in more of a hands-on wet lab setting. So I'm still undecided. The verdict's out on that. Okay. I would imagine that you, you'll have lots of opportunity to, to do both, no matter what um, you end up spending a bunch of time researching. That, so that's so. It's good that you didn't, uh, didn't dislike it right away. <laughs> I think some people uh, kind of are not super into the, the computer-based stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's, so the, this was the, the first time you worked in the, uh, the Ford lab. You, you did work in other labs beforehand though, correct? You said you did some wet lab stuff. Yes, I did. Just to, um, clarify, this was my, so I did this summer research term with the Ford lab, which was my first time kind of doing full-time research there. Okay. Um, I had been a member of the group for about a year prior, um, just kind of on a, on a less involved scale, attending group meetings and that sort of thing. Okay. Interesting. Cool. That's a a really nice sort of opportunity um, that like a PI can offer. That's something that I never really had a chance to do during my undergrad, just sort of be fly on the wall in group meetings and things like that. When I went to grad school, it was basically a completely new experience seeing what a group meeting was like. Um, is that typical at Simon Fraser um, in the physics department? Having um, the other undergrads that you you know, do they also do similar things like that? Mm-hmm. SFU has SFU physics specifically has a great program called Adopt a Physicist, <laughs> and um, this is open to all first year students, upper year students as well. But it's really aimed at first year students, um, and they can. Just sign up, put your name down, choose a couple of professors you might be interested in working with um, from a list of professors who have agreed to take on a a volunteer um, undergrad student Mm -hmm. and and then wait for a professor to contact you and let you know that they'd be happy to have you join their lab as a volunteer to really work out with the 
between the PI and the student, how much time commitment there's going to be, how much responsibility. Um, but I think it's a really great program to yeah. get your foot in the door. Um, so a lot of students take advantage of that. Yeah, that's great. I guess that's maybe a benefit of being uh, in like a, a physics department. Typically, they're a bit smaller and mm-hmm. probably easier to manage with students. Like a, a first year engineering program is probably not going to be able to, to do that super well. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Um, and so you're preparing your, your slides and everything. That's, that's all coming up. Uh, how do you feel about presenting? Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm nervous. Yeah. Um, I've presented at a conference once before, so it's not my very first time, but I only have one experience under my belt. So I'm still quite nervous and thinking about what I'll do to improve from last time. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, you've, you've talked very well about, um, I feel like I understand the the project pretty well now. So when you have the age of slides and stuff like that, I'm sure it's going to be even more smooth sailing. I'm I'm sure you've got this on lock. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, so is there any sort of a chance that you will get to continue working on this, this project um, going forward or are are you looking for sort of a thesis supervisor going forward or, or is this sort of like a one and done kind of project? Um, to be determined a little bit, this, this specific project, as I mentioned, we, um, we published our paper about it and Chapin has moved on to a postdoc position. And so, um, this specific project has really wrapped up, but I'm still involved in the Ford lab and, um, I still have an undergraduate thesis to go. And so we'll see where that takes me. Yeah, I know Nancy Ford does some really cool stuff. She's uh, she's come to McMaster before and, and talked about her research. And that's one of the labs that uh, if I had to pick a different lab to be in, that would probably be pretty high, uh, high on the, the list. So it's cool. yeah, it's a great lab. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for, for taking the, the time to, to chat about your, your work. Um, yeah, good luck with your, your presentation and, uh, and your research in the future. Um, yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Well, that'll just about do it for this episode. If you have comments or questions, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Fortis. That's F-O-R-T-A-I-S. Or email me at FortisAdam at gmail.com. Thanks again to Antonia Kowalowski for talking to me about her pretty cool research. Our music was provided by my dear, dear friends in the band Boonie. You can find them at boonie.rocks. That's that's the full URL. There's some confusion. There's no .com or anything. It's .rocks. B-O-O-N-I-E dot R-O-C-K-S. If you like the show, share it with a friend. We're on all streaming platforms as far as I know, and on YouTube. Just look for Scientific Canada. It's all one word. Stupid. I know. If you want to learn more, or if you'd like to help support some of our creators, head over to scientificcanada.ca. Thanks again, and see you next week.